first put on in 2014, the festival was said to be incredible. Three days. Acts that are huge in their industry. A perfect location. Jason Aldean, Miranda Lambert, Blake Shelton, Dirks Bentley, Dwight Yoakam, and Brantley Gilbert. All outdoors with the incredible backdrop of the Vegas Strip. The festival was an immediate success. So big it continued in 2015, then again in 2016, and again after that in 2017. Jason Aldean was on the stage around 10 p.m. on October 1st. In the middle of a song, this happened. The shooting continued for 11 minutes straight after this. More than a thousand rounds shot. This was the 2017 Route 91 Festival in Las Vegas. The deadliest mass shooting in American history. One six nine ten means we got shots fired. Four fifteen a at the Route to ninety one. Sounded like an automatic firearm. Copy COVID at one six nine ten means we have shots fired. Freak two nine Adam arriving. Three fifteen in me. 35 cent traffic, in route code. 312 cent traffic. One seven nine cent is coming from upstairs in the Mandalay Bay. Upstairs in Mandalay Bay, halfway up. I see the shots coming from Mandalay Bay, halfway up. Stroll 361 IC, we have uh, multiple 458 breaks. Give me a surge. We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter inside the fairgrounds. Security at concerts are varied, but at any large-scale event like this one, with around 22,000 people attending, generally it has a pretty substantial police presence. Even with police there in various places, the 911 calls start flowing in. 911 emergency, Brown 1596 Reno and Mandalay Bay. Okay, just a moment, ma'am. And how many, okay. do you see who's shooting? <laughs> no, I'm fine. Do you know who's shooting, ma'am? No, we don't know. We just hear two gunshots. Okay. And how many people? Oh, it's, uh, thousands of people. Okay, not a problem. We're, okay. Well, stay on the line, please, okay? If you can stay on the line, please stay on the line, please. Okay. Okay. Now, can you please tell me? Can you please tell me uh, what what you're seeing? Um, I'm on the second. I'm on top of the House of Blues. Okay. Uh, we're, just staying, we're trying to stay down. Okay. Did where did the where did the shooting start? Um, it sounds like it's from the west. West. I'm facing the south. What? What? So it sounds like it's coming from where? Hello? You said it sounds like it's coming from the west? Ma'am. 
Ma'am. Oh, it's mine. It's mine. Hello, ma'am. What are you seeing? I'm not seeing any. Everybody's just running. And wh which way are you running to? I'm running north. Okay. And you said you're on the House of Blues, but now you've left the House of Blues. Yes, do you see I'm, anyone I'm, injured? I'm, no, not anyone. And do you are you still hearing the gunshot? <laughs> yes. Are you still hearing them right now? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Ma'am. Yes. What's your name? My name is Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Where are you right now, Esmeralda? I'm on the House of Blues. I understand. And are you guys all you guys on the roof, right? Yes, we're on the roof. Okay. Stay. Okay. And are you up there with everyone? Does everyone seem safe or are they yes. still running? Um we're just we're just um that's it. Okay, ma'am. We're we're at where we're at, there's no way to get down. Okay, ma'am. We have officers en route, okay? Okay, thank All you. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. The confusing thing now, after the fact, is that some people may say, how in the world did this dispatcher not know exactly where a festival with this many people is? I'm in Nashville. And the thing about this is that here in Nashville, during the spring, summer, and fall, on the weekends especially, there can be multiple concerts going on at the same night. Ed Sheeran can be playing at the same time that Elton John, Pink, and Garth Brooks are. And this happens every single weekend. The same likely holds true for Vegas. No one can keep up with the exact location of every one of these shows, especially when the vast majority of the time, there are very few incidents that happen at these events. I'd love to be able to, off the top of my head, know exactly where every concert is going on and at what time. But in Nashville, every bar has a band playing. Some of the house bands at the bars on Broadway draw thousands of people every weekend. And chances are you've never heard of them. So there's a little chance of every dispatcher knowing the exact location of every single event that's going on around the city as large as Nashville or Vegas. The calls continue. Nine one one emergency, Brown one five nine six eight do you need police fire. Hello, ma'am, where are you? Hello? Ma'am, do you see anyone? I know, ma'am. We have officers en route. Where are you? Ma'am. Hello, where are you? Ma'am. Ma'am, where are you? I understand. We have officers in the route. Where are you? Hello? Ma'am? Ma'am? Disconnecting. Hello? At this point, it sounds like the caller probably set the phone down or maybe threw it in her pocket or purse or something like that. There was just no getting a hold of her. She wasn't listening anymore. And at this point, the calls were probably starting to back up. You see the queue. It just starts to climb and climb and climb. More and more 911 calls coming in. At this point, the dispatcher says, disconnecting. Going to go on to the next call and get the next one. Hello? There's a gunshot being fired in Las Vegas Village. Okay, you like said, machine guns. can you see, you said it was machine guns? It's machine guns are being fired into the night one, night one route festival. There's like 30,000 people here. Oh, I understand. We already have officers in route. Can you tell me who was shooting? We don't know, ma'am. We're all checking for cover. It's coming from above. I would assume from like Mandalay Bayside over by the lecture area. I mean, you can't see any. You can't see anyone right now. And where are you right now? I'm in a canteen. In a canteen. And is that inside of uh, Mandalay Bay, or where is that? It's in Las Vegas Village. I understand. Do you see anyone that's around you that's injured right now? 
No, ma'am. I'm literally hiding inside of a metal container. Okay. I can't see anything. I'm underneath beer containers and stuff. But they're shooting the side of it. They're shooting at the crowd. It's a bunch of (laughs) How many people do you think are shooting, ma'am? I don't know, ma'am. Okay, not a problem. Just trying to get as much information as I can. We have officers en route, okay? I would say several. Okay. Okay, you think there are several. Not a problem, ma'am. We're going to get you some help, okay? Just try to hunker down. If you can't hear anything or if you can if you can see anything, please let us know, okay? Hello? And the people that were in the audience, they weren't the only ones getting shot at. Police who were still trying to move everyone to safety, they also started getting shot at, even after a lot of the people had left from there. This is some audio from the body cameras worn by the police officers that night. It's just a few clips. I'll be sure to put a link to the video in the description as well as on our various social media pages. Now watching the video, you can actually see in the first couple seconds, you hear one of the shots go and you actually see a piece of a, I don't know if that's like a tarp or what it is. It's sitting right there next to the wall. You actually see that move almost right at the feet of this guy that is yelling, I guess, at the shooter, cussing at him or whatever like that. 
he was lucky he wasn't hit because it was a very close shot. And through the whole video, you can hear several times people still don't know exactly what's happening. More than a couple of people say, is that fireworks? Is that firecrackers? One guy early on in the video even says, it's not somebody shooting, it's fireworks. And the calls keep rolling in. They don't stop. Here's a portion of a couple more calls that came in. We're hiding in the, um, in the porta potty area, but we keep hearing the shots getting closer. And there's people down out there, I think. Okay. There's tons of people. Oh, my God. Do you have an emergency? Um, we're at the Route 91 Festival Fairgrounds, and there's okay. a shooting. Right. Okay. Do you see who's shooting? Do you see who's shooting? No, we don't. No. Okay. Are you guys in a safe place? They're telling us to move. Okay. If, if it's the officers, tell, listen to them. I don't know what to Okay, just if those are the officers telling you to move, they're trying to get you in a safe place. Move. And while all this is going on, everybody's thinking, get the police there, get the police there. And yes, the police do need to get there as soon as they can to try to stop this threat. But at the same time, there's a lot of people out there hurt. So there's a lot of medical calls coming in too. Here's one of them. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, yes, I can hear you. Are you at the Harvest Festival? We are. We have two people with gunshot wounds next to Reno Avenue. I'm going to get you over to medical. Do not hang up. I'm going to get you to medical. Okay. You have reached the fire department. All of our operators are currently busy. Please hold the line for the next available operator. In Sergio Mango, the Department of the Bomberos. Todos de nuestros operadores están ocupados. Por favor, mantenga la línea por el próximo operador. Ma'am, do not hang up. They will answer, okay? I'm not hanging up. Okay, we're going to get you some help. You have reached the fire department. All of our operators are currently busy. Please hold the line to the next available operator. Where were they injured? I have two. Todos de nuestros operadores están ocupados. Por favor, mantenga la línea por el próximo operador. Where were they hit, ma'am? You have reached the fire department. All of our operators are currently busy. Please hold the line to the next available operator. Instead, Fire medical attendants for the emergency. FD is the Harvest Festival. Yes. Oh. So, ma'am? I'm sorry, ma'am. Your phone's cutting out. I'm having a very... It's hard to understand you. Hello? Hello? No. Hello, ma'am. Can you hear me? Hello, can, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, I am behind the church on Reno Boulevard and South Las Vegas Boulevard. I have two women, both with gunshot wounds, gunshot wounds to the lid. You're at Reno and South Las Vegas Boulevard? Yeah, the guy said there's a, we're behind the church. I can I can visualize the Tropicana straight ahead of me across the street. I'm on the same side of Las Vegas Boulevard as the Tropicana. It is directly across the street from me. Okay. We, we're trying to get them out there as soon as we can, okay? Okay. I have one girl in very bad shape. What's very bad shape, ma'am? She is very pale. She's having a hard time breathing. Okay. Is she, ble is she bleeding from anywhere, ma'am? Yes. She has a gunshot wound up right above her right leg. Gunshot wound. Okay. Do you have a decent, a clean, dry cloth that you can apply firm pressure until you can get a help, please? Yeah, we have gauze and we have um, a belt tied around her leg. Okay. So is her bleeding under control? Um, 
It still looks like she's bleeding a lot. She seems to be fading pretty fast. Okay, ma'am, we're on our way that way. We're trying to get there as soon as we can, okay? Okay. Ma'am, did you okay. see the shooter? No, we did not. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and disconnect. I want you guys to stay wherever you feel safe, okay? We're going to get some help for you as soon as possible. FD, do you have anything else? No, I'm o no we're okay. Just, ma'am, I want you to stay right there until help comes to you, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. It's alarming to think how many calls are coming to the Las Vegas Fire Department and Medical Dispatch that they actually had to put somebody on hold like this. It happens, though. Very few departments are actually equipped to deal with something of this magnitude, if any. This is just not something that's an everyday occurrence. And to top it off, in general, fire dispatch usually has a lot fewer employees working than, say, a police dispatch. There's just not as much need for it. Getting back to the dispatch end, though, to help this person out as much as they can, which in a situation like this, there's so much coming in, I would imagine they probably have some sort of protocol to where they go back to a reduced care. Even though that's a bad-sounding thing, you want to get as much help out to people as, as quickly as you can. And doing so on the dispatch end, sometimes that entails giving less care over the telephone. We still do find out that this uh, one of the women is bleeding pretty heavily out of her leg. And I've mentioned on the show a couple times that the first rule of bleeding is all bleeding always stops. And hearing that this patient is going more of a pale in color because of this, that's a, a good indication she may be bleeding out. Granted, that may not have happened. I'm not sure. But when they ask if she had something that they could put on it and put firm, steady pressure on, they said they had uh, some galls on the, the wound and also had a belt tied around her leg but she was still bleeding a lot. If this is happening, generally one of those two things that they've done is not working. If you're using a, a belt as a tourniquet, it's probably not tight enough. If you do a tourniquet correctly, it doesn't feel good. It's not supposed to make you feel any better from getting shot or any type of injury that you have. It's going to hurt really bad, but it is going to stop the bleeding if it's done correctly, and that could save your life. So in this instance, they should have probably tightened the belt even more until the bleeding stopped. And if they didn't have a belt for a tourniquet, the firm, steady pressure. We always tell people, keep firm, steady pressure on it and don't lift it up to look. If it keeps on bleeding, you're probably not pressing hard enough. If everybody can remember that, if y'all are ever out on the road and you encounter someone with, uh, involved in a wreck, or if you are at a concert and someone gets shot, or anywhere that someone has bright red bleeding like this that won't stop bleeding. Keep those two things in mind. If you have a tourniquet and you know how to put it on, make sure it's tight enough. If you put pressure on the wound and it keeps bleeding through, you're not pushing hard enough. Back to this incident, little did I know, I actually work with someone who was there in Las Vegas when this was actually going on. Her name is Kathy. She is currently a 911 dispatcher here in Nashville. And I've got her to do a little interview with this. My name is Kathy. I've been a 911 dispatcher in Nashville for just over a year. I lived in Las Vegas on October 1. I worked security at the Flamingo Hotel at the time. On the night of October 1, I was at home. My apartment was two miles away from Mandalay Bay Event Center, but I could hear the music. I kind of made it a habit to sit outside and listen during the concert, and I'd stay until the fireworks at the end of the night. It was the last night of the festival, and I had just up stepped outside to smoke a cigarette and listen to the music when the shots started. At first, I thought it was fireworks, but it was too early for that. It took my brain about 30 seconds to process that these were gunshots I was hearing. I opened my apartment door and told my mom, this is bad. That's when the sirens started. They were coming from everywhere. As the gunshots, so many of them continued, more and more police, fire, and EMS were coming. A few minutes after the shots started, I pulled my phone out and turned on the police scanner. 
I listened as officer after officer keyed up about victims and more shots fired and where it was coming from. I heard several officers advise that they were taking victims in their patrol cars to the hospitals. I heard them making their way up to the shooter's room. I waited, holding my breath as they entered the room. I remember cheering when they said that he was subdued. It was about three minutes later that we learned subdued meant deceased. My mom and I listened for a while after. The chaos of that night continued as there was reports of people with guns from every hotel, starting from Mandalay Bay all the way down to the hotel I worked at, Flamingo. I knew I had to work early the next day, so I turned the scanner off and my ringer up in case they called us all in. The next morning, I got dressed and left early, not knowing that what I'd be walking into. As I was walking into the building, I noticed the valet was packed with people trying to leave. There was a few people who looked like they were at the concert. They were crying and huddled together. But what really hit me was how quiet it was. No one was talking. The music that usually blared throughout the casino was turned down so low you could barely hear it. I was working the hotel pool that day, and the usual rowdy party was subdued and quiet. The people walking around trying to move past the events some people save up for years to afford a trip to Vegas, and you could tell that they were just staying because their money was invested. I learned that a few of my coworkers were there, but they were unharmed. The next week was a lot of the same. The following few weeks, we had a lot of family members of victims trying to pick up belongings. That was devastating. I watched the news daily, trying to gain insight as to why this happened. I think it was a week and a few days later that I had to drive past there for the first time. The outdoor event center was wrapped in a green tarp riddled with holes. The small stretch of brick that was at the entrance had holes in it too. Police tape was everywhere and there was patrol cars parked at all the entrance points. It was devastating. What was even more shocking was looking up and seeing the broken out windows. It was almost unbelievable that such carnage could come from so high up. I never really liked living in Vegas. It felt like there was no community, no kindness from your neighbor. I was proven wrong in the weeks and months after the shooting. The entire Vegas city seemed to come together to support the victims and their families. I started hearing second parties tellings of what happened. It wasn't until months after that that coworkers that were there returned to work. They wouldn't talk about it. You could tell they were traumatized, but they were doing their best to stay strong. It was truly inspiring their strength and resilience. Eventually, it seemed like things were getting back to normal. The music was back to full blast and people were laughing and smiling and enjoying Vegas. All the hotels up and down the strip started training their employees on how to handle mass shootings and other possible major events. Some even formed special tactical security teams that worked alongside the police department. I also noticed a heavier foot patrol from the police department up and down the strip. But as life continued, in Las Vegas, and the shooting seemed like a thing of the past. Vegas stayed Vegas strong. So what do we know about the shooter himself, Stephen Paddock? Why did he do it? Truth be told, even this day, no one knows why he did it. He didn't leave a suicide note. He didn't leave a manifesto. Nothing was found like that. No reasons were given for why he did this at all. He didn't tell anybody about it. He didn't let anybody know that it was going to happen. He didn't show any signs of it. Nothing really could have prevented this, at least not in the instance of him tipping someone off that this is going to happen. So what do we know about him? Actress Catherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. 
Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Well, he was 64 years old. He was divorced, but he had a living girlfriend for the past six years before this. He had various government or government contracted type jobs, but none of them were police or military type jobs. He was an auditor. He had never been arrested before. Got a couple traffic tickets, and that's about it. So no previous, real notable, previous law enforcement interaction. Financially, he was pretty well off. He owned more than one house. The ones that he owned at the time of his death were both in Nevada. He's a regular gambler, and it seems like he probably had some some ups and downs at, at the gambling lot. Few government auditors can bank the kind of money needed to have a $10 million investment property, which was the last property he sold. The thing that was really striking to me about this whole thing is the level of preparation this guy did. He really, really, really researched every bit of this. I can't stress enough how much he researched this. This was months and months of research that he actually did. From the computers they actually recovered there on the scene, they went through some of his browser history and looking at Google Maps, things like that. He either had multiple targets in mind or he had things that he was looking at as potential targets or maybe he just wanted to research what would happen at all these different targets. On May 18th, one of his Google map searches were for Venice Beach and Fenway Park. He went deeper with the whole Fenway Park aspect. He looked at the Royal Reuters Club of Boston. And then Blanford Street Station. Boston University. Several different things regarding Boston area. Also, on May 18th, his search queries, he looked for summer concerts of 2017, Grand Park Functions, La Jolla Beach, open-air concert venues, biggest open-air concert venues in the USA, and also how crowded does Santa Monica Beach get. On September 4th, he also searched for Las Vegas rentals, Las Vegas condo rentals, Las Vegas high-rise condos for rent and also Las Vegas Ogden for rent. To kind of tie in with the whole Las Vegas Ogden event, there was another festival that was close by around the same time called Life is Beautiful. He searched for single-day tickets. The Ogden was very close by that, so I think that he may have, and also other investigators, they think that he may have saw that as a target or maybe as a prep-type thing. He also did searches for SWAT weapons. SWAT Las Vegas, and also do police use explosives. He searched further into what police do use. The room where he was set up at had a lot of things going on inside of it and outside. Leading up to his room, he knew that the police, once they come up, they would use the stairwell closest to the room to gain access right there. He actually rigged that doorway to where it wouldn't open at all. He rented not only the room that he was in, but also the adjoining room and had that set up with some other things with it. 
outside of the rooms, he had placed a couple of room service carts. In those carts, he actually hid a couple of live feed video cameras. So he knew when people were coming up there, when the police showed up, he would know from the cameras when they showed up, what they were doing out there. And this next little bit that wasn't really widely released other than in the police report and a couple other reports, it looks like if he didn't kill himself, which that's how he ultimately died, if he would have gone through with his full plan the way it looks like anyway, he would have been shooting a lot longer than what he did. He actually had a funnel set up in there, like a tubing type thing, that had a snorkel on the end of it, and it led into another into the adjoining room that he had rented and he had a fan attached to it. The purpose of that likely was that if the police came in and used tear gas, which is a lot of the times one of the things they use first to go in, he would have still been able to breathe. Now on the actual shooting itself, when it was going on, it wasn't his complete and total intent of just only shooting into the crowd there. That's likely how he started out but he didn't want that to be the only thing that was happening there. Just across from the field where the the concert was actually taking place at were two very large fuel tanks. He had taken a couple shots over there. Luckily, very much luckily, they bounced off. They didn't actually penetrate the fuel tanks. The belief in the aiming at the fuel tanks were probably multi-tiered number one if they exploded obviously the carnage would have been even worse than it was but even if they didn't explode and they just caught on fire two massive fuel tanks caught on fire when the shooting actually started everybody spread out and ran every direction they wouldn't have ran the direction of the fuel tanks so they would have essentially funneled out the other way So that would have gave him a more, what they would call a target-rich environment, even more so than what it was. Everybody would have been funneled back towards him, thus making for a much easier range of shooting for him. But back to the whole motive of why he was doing all this, about the closest thing that anybody could come up with, and this was just a speculation, was from his brother Eric. This is directly from the police report I'm going to be reading here. Eric believed Paddock may have conducted the attack because he had done everything in the world he wanted to do and was bored with everything. If so, Paddock would have planned the the attack to kill a large amount of people because he would want to be known as having the largest casualty count. Paddock always wanted to be the best and known to everyone. Eric told investigators he and Paddock were smarter than the majority of other people. Eric told investigators he was in Las Vegas to help and show how dumb you motherfuckers are, referring to law enforcement. Eric believed Paddock would have planned every part of the attack methodically. Paddock would have had a need for everything found in the room. Despite appearing unkempt and in poor health, Paddock was very detail-oriented. It also says that Paddock would not have cared about the people he killed. It would not matter their race, their religion, or their sex. Paddock was described by Eric as a narcissist and only cared for the people that could benefit him in some way. Eric stated that Paddock needed to be seen as important and needed to be catered to. According to him, Paddock didn't have any anger issues and was passive-aggressive towards those who angered him. His girlfriend even went so far as to say that whenever he got angry with something, he wouldn't actually yell or anything like that. He would just get quiet and just kind of fade back. He didn't do drugs, didn't drink that often, and just in general was just kind of a normal guy. At least this is what she told investigators. There's been some questions, though, when they actually did some research into her and what she's done. She's not necessarily done anything bad, but she ended up making her Facebook account private and also ended up deleting her Facebook account before police released the name of the shooter, almost like she knew it was him. 
she never did admit anything like that, knowing it was him. Absolutely. But I think it's weird that literally within hours, the shooting took place at around, it was around 10 o'clock at night. A little bit after that. By 2.30 a.m., she had deleted her own account on Facebook. They didn't release the name of the shooter until 3.30 a.m. So again, not saying necessarily that she knew that he was the one that did it. It just seems pretty odd the times involved with that. I think she had some sort of a notion that he did. But we'll get back now to some of the police audio that was related with this. I'll cut out some of it because there's a lot of audio. It's much more than we need to play right here. But I'll play some excerpts from it, some of the more important parts, and then get into the actual breach of the room when they went in there and found him. So we have anyone covering the southwest corner between Manly Bay and the venue. CP, I need eyes. Somebody in the CP, can you tell me where it's coming from? We're hearing it from Mandalay Bay. Somewhere in Mandalay Bay. It's at the intersection. It almost sounds like it's that close. Arriving you is it coming across from the whole park, so we're trying to be careful. It sounded like an elevated position that they had. 790 arrived. I'm going to form a strike team, Mandalay Bay and the Boulevard. I need five officers on me. We have multiple casualties, GSWs and the medical check. Multiple casualties. Control, be advised. Shots are coming for, coming from gate seven. Gate seven. Shots are coming from gate seven. One fifty nine SC, we have a rifle deployed. We're in front of Manali Bay. We're trying to see where the shots are coming from. If anyone can advise if they're coming from Mandalay. It sounds like it's either Mandalay or Luxor. We cannot tell. Control three Mary, we need the boulevard shut down at Russell Road northbound. Unit. Is there a unit that can shut down the boulevard northbound at Russell? 175, Sam, easy. I'll shut it down. I'm coming back that way. 175, Sam. It's Seven ninety control. Control, same easy. Uh, one six, one six zero, same easy. Six zero, same easy. Control three, Mary. We need the boulevard shut down north and southbound Russell Road, Flamingo. Mary ten and Ralph, we got that. Control one seventy two, same easy. One seventy two, same easy. Alright, I got here. 159 is coming from like the uh, 50 or 60th floor north of the Mandalay Bay. It's coming out a window. It's almost 7910. We'll see local flashes in the middle of Mandalay Bay on the north side, kind of uh, on the west tower, but towards the center. Of the casino, like one of the middle floors. So if we move that officer Scott, Mandalay Bay northbound, right outside Route 91 is the south end. Go up to the medical tent on the east side, uh, multiple GSWs. Is there a unit down? Three Mary 14. I'm inside the Mandalay Bay on the 31st floor. I can hear the automatic fire coming from one floor ahead, one floor above us. Copy. Is there a unit down? Just be advised, it is automatic fire, fully automatic fire from an elevated position. Take cover. 
That is correct. This is Floyd on that fire. I'm right below it. Multiple GSWs to the chest, legs, terminal arteries, and the medical tent. At the medical tent, 4A, off of Guile, south of Reno. Ten five one. I see there's a, a flashing coming up from about a third of the way up. Center, Tower, Mandalay Bay. Please stop. Control, we need all units stop coming northbound on Las Vegas, Las Vegas Boulevard because he's shooting this way. It's a horrible cover spot. Okay, all units do not go northbound. We need some south central. We need to flank this guy. Control 166, I have a gunshot victim at gate 4 in the leg. Control, I got one down, gunshot wounds to the leg. Reno and Giles in the intersection. I also have another female, same traffic, she's been shot, looks like in the mouth. Reno, Giles. CP, we need to send medical when you can over to Reno and Giles. Expedited, please. Okay, they're being advised. Control 765. Just be advised that we're pinned down on the east side of Las Vegas Boulevard. And we are going to be just north of... Uh, We're just north of Mandalay Bay Drive, east of the boulevard. We got about 40 to 50 people. We're pinned against this wall. Great. We're taking a gunfire. It's going right over our heads. There's debris coming over our heads. So we're pinned down here with a bunch of civilians. Control 166. I have a gunshot victim at gate 4. Gunshot to the leg. Okay, we can't worry about victims. We need to stop the shooter before we have more victims. Anybody have eyes on on this on this shooter? About 15 floor on the Mandalay Bay, facing off a whole lot. Control three way in the right UMC. We lost a shot. UMC two. Any advice who was shot? Can anyone? Any unit advise the officer that's been... 167 SC, we have multiple, multiple victims shot fired right at the medical tent. We got one shot in the head. Hey, officers, please stay calm. Just relax. We're trying to get this set up. Okay, just stay calm. 17970, I'm in the medical tent on the east side. Uh, we're making turn to get out of blankets, but I'm running out of blankets here. Control, see if we can have contact Mandalay Bay, have him shut down their elevators so he can't get mobile, and uh, we can uh, take the stairs and block all the stair exits. Control 224, go ahead and start getting all the in-the-box squads rallied to South Central Air Command. Let's make that the CP for now, and we'll update as we go. Okay, and I'm sorry, where do you want the CP at? South Central. Okay. For copies, all calls already set to SWAT. Control 3, Mary, I got multiple people with wounds. We're sending them uh, to the church off of Reno. Medical advice for Reno and Guile. Control 765. You're just being advised. You have several drunk civilians trying to run towards the gunfire. Control 590. I have a team of four. We're going to make entry to the shark. We need to make contact to the suspect. See if we can get up to him. 169. We're doing that right now. 32nd floor. Copy. We'll make our way to give you support. 
Okay, is he still firing? If not, we'll stand right away from our rally, two of us. Well, Mary 22, I'm right to UMC with a female with a gunshot wound in the head. One where left of state with about 100 people and one victim. 592, give me a sergeant from another area, command the South Central, start putting together teams and then sending them to us. Control 3, Mary, I'll be around UMC. Code 3, I've got a shot, a gunshot officer, team number 15280. 11th, we need to shut down the boulevard. Southbound, we have a bus coming through traffic with a line of fire. Traffic, traffic, get a boulevard if you shut down. Hang on. NHP to shut down the 15 for medical and all officers going to the hospital. Seven five one. It's been a while since we've heard any shots. Did anybody have eyes on the shooter? We have the mini white video locked down. Seven twenty. We have people leaving the concert going westbound, trying to see if they can see the shooter, and they're taking away from us. Break. We need people to stop them leaving the concert, putting officers in harm's way. Any officers responding need to go to the east side and, and get people out so they stop coming over the wall. I'll be any officer en route to that go to the east side. <laughs> Control, I got two victims at gate six. One shot once to the chest and head. I need immediate medical. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire. From a very high floor, we believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. Any officer that responds here is going to be in plain sight if he's going on the east side of Mandalay Bay. There, every officer that comes up is going to be a target if they're driving on Las Vegas Boulevard because it's coming from the Mandalay Bay on the boulevard side. Break. Do not go on the boulevard. Do not go on the boulevard. Control 3 Mary, arriving UFC trauma. Anyway. Control, preliminary 35. I haven't seen any uh, flashes from Mandalay, but if it is coming from Mandalay, there is a uh, strobe light coming from one of those windows on the east side. Control, 361. Okay, I'm not having radio reception. I need another lieutenant to set up a command post on Las Vegas Boulevard at Tropicana. All units need to start staging so we can come uh, from Tropicana in the boulevard. Now, I stopped that right there because of uh, one of the very important things he said. Inside the hotel there, in certain places, they couldn't get radio reception. They weren't able to actually go through the entire hotel and keep on the radios. That's a very, very important point. If you lose radio contact with a couple officers, they could be anywhere. They could get in the line of fire. They could get shot. They could see the shooter trying to leave and not be able to alert anyone at all. So at that point, they actually had to get in cell phone contact with each other, a few of them anyway. And that was another good reason they kind of earlier on in the call, in this dispatch calls anyway, say that they wanted to form a team there in front of the hotel. Another very important part of that was the fact that on the police radio, they were worried about victims. Obviously, there were some officers out with victims at multiple places, different gates, on the side streets, by a church. They were out with victims everywhere. And they were trying to help as much as they could. But the thing that they really needed to concentrate on, at least on the police radio, was getting this shooter down. A philosophy that's been adopted by multiple police agencies around America and probably around the world by this point is a phrase that kind of encompasses this entire thing. Stop the killing and stop the dying. Essentially, you want to stop the person that's doing all the killing. And then after that person is done, you can start helping other people as you can, because anything past that could be creating more victims. So the officer that said, 
we don't need to worry about the victims right now. We need to worry about finding the shooter so we don't create more victims. He was absolutely right. Medical couldn't even get in at that point. They were still active shooter going on. You don't want to send more people into a zone like that that may be put in harm's way and get killed themselves and then not have any help. Officers were doing what they could to try to help out the victims, but they really needed to get that shooter. But as I said before, luckily, he killed himself before anything worse would have happened. Even though we now know that there was only one shooter, when this was all happening, there's so many big hotels there, the sound of the shots were echoing off of multiple buildings. People were calling in from all over the place, saying there's multiple shooters, there's shooters all over the place. Some people even said that they thought there was a shooter, or more than one shooter, that was actually on the ground. None of that was founded. This is audio from some of the body cameras of the SWAT team members who actually entered the room. The audio is not that great on this, but if you listen closely, you can hear some of the conversations they were having with each other as they made it into the room and after they ultimately found the suspect in this deceased. Originally listed as 58 people who were murdered, the number has actually gone up to 59. One person that was shot and paralyzed died a couple years after the actual shooting happened. They determined from the autopsy that it was related to the shooting. Approximately 887 people sustained injuries from this incident, and of those people, 413 sustained a gunshot wound or a shrapnel-type injury. This was the worst active shooter 
in modern U.S. history. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of Music City 901. I hope it was informative for everyone. If you'd like to know a little bit more about everything that we do, check us out on social media. On Facebook, look for Music City 901 Podcast Discussion. On Twitter and Instagram, both are going to be at Music City 901. And consider helping out the show some and donating over at Patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N dot com slash Music City 901. For Music City 901, I'm Brandon Hall. Y'all have a good one.